0: Good morning and welcome back to another special edition of Work Human Radio. I am your host, Mike Wood. And as part of our Keeping Work Human series that we've been running for about three or four weeks now, it's hard to tell how long anything is now, uh, we've been talking to various members of the Work Human community about ways to help during this time. And one of the things we've done as a company is open up our products to everybody. So um, Steve is going to be talking to Derek Irvine, who is our Senior Vice President of Client Strategy and Consulting. He's also the MC at Work Human, so you may remember his Hello Humans every year if you have been uh we're going to be talking about some of the new products that we have uh opening up gratitude to everybody right now because that's what employees need right now so uh check out our interview with derek Irvine and Steve Pemberton. Today for our Keeping Work Human series I'm joined by my colleague and my
1: friend Derek Irvine Who's the Senior Vice President of Strategy and Consulting at Work Human? You know, Derek is one of the world's foremost experts on employee recognition and engagement. He's the co-author of The Power of Thanks. And as we learned in a previous Keeping Work Human segment on parenting, he's also the proud father of four.
0: So, hey, Derek, it's
1: good to catch up uh, with you again against ones uh, uh, remotely once again. <laughs> Indeed. Hi, Steve. Good uh, to see uh, you again uh yeah it's uh it's like every day you used to say long time no see but this is we see each other every day much way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so t- you're in spain uh which is home uh for you tell us a little bit about i mean we obviously know a lot of what's been unfolding with COVID 19 you know has been unfolding in, in, in spain um you know, those for those of us here in, in the U.S. and other parts of the globe, what's what's been unfolding in Spain um, yes. since we last talked? Sure. Well, as you said, I mean,
2: I'm sure you've been reading in the media, certainly Italy and Spain very badly affected, very, very badly hit. Uh But over the last weekend, you know, there's the degree of optimism, I think, really creeped into the news reports and, and people's attitude. Because finally, we'd hit that other side of the curve where we're starting to see... The reinfection rate and uh, the percentage growth finally going down. Mm. Uh, so you know, lockdown works from that point of view. Uh, so a degree of optimism has kicked in, and also what's great is starting to have the conversation about the return to normal life. It, it, it won't be normal for quite some months, obviously, but step by step, starting to see new you know activities re-emerge, and that looks like that's going to happen over the next short number of weeks. So a little bit of optimism. Uh, has finally come in, light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Uh, yes, that's, that that is not a train. Uh, no. It's the age old adage, goes right. You know, when, when we last yeah. talked, um, we were uh, we were joined by our, our colleague Lawrence Zajak and we were specifically talking about you know kind of work life balance. But that was a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> so. You know, and even then you were, you were uh, hinting at the very early stages of kind of getting uh, reaccommodated. So uh, how have things been on, on the uh, managing family front since then?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the other characteristic of Spain, like some countries, is, is you literally cannot go out with your kids. There's no school. You cannot go into the street. Uh, just one person from the household can go do a grocery shop or visit the pharmacy. So we're completely in the house. The kids are here all the time, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, which uh, brings natural challenges. But I'd have to say credit to the kids. Um, I haven't heard them once, not once, complain about you know, wanting to get out of the house. Uh, we're very lucky, I suppose, that we have four kids, which you know is a volume. But what it kind of means is we've been able to create our own genuine homeschool where there's four kids in the school, Uh, And then routine. And I think the other thing, too, for the kids is that it's, and I notice it, too, it's a different opportunity for a different type of connection that maybe with me traveling and doing my normal work, I I was frankly missing out on. You know, I I find I have a different type of connection developing with the four kids. So when we look back historically, maybe this will be a period where some new, you know, some new sparks happened, good sparks and some bad ones occasionally.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So one of the things that I, I've, I've been doing is kind of keeping over the last month or so this um, list of things that uh, I have done uh, that I ordinarily would not have done, uh, mm-hmm. either because mm-hmm. of a function of time or... Yeah, true. Um, uh, so uh, what, what are the things that uh, that... And I, I got it with 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 four who are yeah. four, four young ones who are you know always active and uh, and want their parents' attention. Uh, but are there things that you've done ordinarily, like a, almost like a tick list that you look back and say, you know what, I probably wouldn't have done that if it weren't for this. I know, true. I mean, I think like uh, a lot of parents were probably
2: traditionally were relying upon the parks, the playgrounds, you know, to provide the the entertainment and screen. You know, yeah, and the screen. I mean, what we've rediscovered certainly is our garden space. Every corner of it, and every morning, I do a a fitness come dance to your favorite music uh, session. So that's something that I I just don't think I would have come up with that as a thing to do otherwise. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and we do it in different parts of the garden. We go different ways. We. The two girls love gymnastics. They give a little gymnastics display. The boys are loving football. They give a football display.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Same thing is unfolding here. Uh, You know, I've uh, I've become uh, the resident handyman. I think I'm surprised even my wife didn't realize that I could do a lot of things that we ordinarily hire somebody to do. It's just the time, you know. So whether that is... uh, you Know wielding a chainsaw, um, or you know, switching out light, saw you know, light, um uh, electrical work, and all these things that you know you just realize like you didn't have time to do these things, and now, now, uh, now you do. Uh, y- yesterday, uh, Derek, I was swinging a sledgehammer, uh, um, okay, where really, wow. like this cement post that was like an eyesore in the yard. And,
3: uh, uh-huh.
1: Uh, yeah. And so uh, to be honest, I don't know how much of that was frustration swinging that sledgehammer. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm uh, sure. agree but, uh,
3: yeah.
1: Well, you know, last week actually we 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 talked um um well we we actually announced as a company that uh we uh have now launched uh life events um and conversation products free until March of twenty twenty one. Um and I want to get your perspective about why you think that these two in particular are so important for human connection. You know, why are they mission critical? Mm. I mean, I think,
2: you know, even before COVID 19, the world of work was going through somewhat of a revolution, really. Um, you know, as people were working in geographically diverse teams. uh, You had uh, agile working practices where teams would come together, uh, work very intensely, break up, and go on to move on to other projects. The traditional organizational structure was really, you know, falling away. Uh, Other structures were coming in place, which were all based around people's team, people people's work circle. That was happening anyway at a very very fast pace. And as we, as you know, Steve, you know, uh, we, we were helping our clients in that new world to make sure that there was great connection in those teams so that those teams felt very well connected to each other, they felt connected to the goals of the company, Uh, they felt resourceful and encouraged. I mean, that was happening anyway. I think add COVID-19 into the mix and suddenly everybody is working virtually that can. Uh, Everybody is under a cloud of fear and uncertainty and, and a degree of panic. So, the same levers that were needed for the, you know, I'm working agile more, I work on multiple different teams, those levers need to be pulled even more, I would say now. It's even more urgent. And at the core lever is the need for connectedness a human connectedness to the people I'm working with, uh, to the people that are leading me, uh, to the people that, are, that I respect and I get encouragement from. That connectedness is, is key. And as we as an organization, Work Human, have, have discovered through our, our uh, pioneering conference, through our software products, you know, there's three really powerful ways to drive that connectedness. And that's helping people to thank each other when great things are done, making sure people are really talking to each other, uh, and people continue to celebrate life events. Uh, and as you asked me about those two last ones in particular, I can't think of anything more powerful than saying, look, despite everything that's going on in the world, we've got to make sure that we talk to each other eye to eye. And in fact, you could argue it's now become easier because, you know, everybody now has got Skype or Zoom and they become experts in using it. There's no reason not to have that eye to eye conversation. In many ways, that's the killer app. Eye to eye, you know, talking about things, just talking. How's it going? What's happening on the projects? Uh, what's happening in your life? Uh, generally, and then celebrating uh, the um, important moments that are still happening in all of our lives, birthdays, births.
1: Uh, we've, got to, we've got to continue to celebrate those too. Life is carrying on
2: uh, around all of this.
1: Yeah, in many ways, it, it reminds me of that, that conversation that always happens between, sometimes these struggles between technology and human interaction specifically. And at times, technology seen as perhaps um, uh, something that mitigates human connection when in fact it can actually accelerate it. Uh, I think about it in the context of reading, right? And, um, you know, the Kindle, uh, uh, actually technology enabling uh, literacy uh, and accelerating it rather than being a detriment to it. And this is the same, same example here where technology is not mitigating uh, human connection and interaction, but actually, you know, accelerating it. Um, uh, maybe, that's yeah. it. We've, maybe perhaps this, we found this partnership, you know, between at times these two competing entities.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's a challenge. You know, technology, I think for decades has solved bureaucratic issues. It's made administrative tasks easier as people have been drawn in to fill out forms tick check boxes and it whizzes away into great databases. But as you know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, a really putting in place like a new management rhythm that encourages people to create human moments. So the technology actually becomes an enabler, a nudger, uh, a partner in creating human moments that matter. Moments around thanking for incredible work. I see you, I value what you do. Uh, let's talk about this more often and let's write some quick notes about what we talked about so that we remember it for the next time we talk because I have 20 people I want to talk to in the week and I just want to take some quick notes um, and, and also I know you know you achieved uh, Irish citizenship last month you moved house um, you have a new dog You know. let's make sure we also celebrate those things and invite the people around you to uh, who are in the team the agile teams around you to see that those human moments because they're gonna chip in too in the way that a community does. A genuine yeah. community that we live in, our family and friends, that's how a community really works. So everything that we're focused on, as you, as you well know, Steve, is, is not focused on bureaucracy or administration, it's quite the opposite. It's making technology become the servant of
1: creating human moments that matter. Right, it, it's um, perhaps changing the numerator and denominator a bit. Exactly. Uh, And and when you get that, that's quite a breakthrough
2: idea, I think, you know, and uh, we have many clients, you know, where that's an aha realization, you know, that it isn't just about putting in a checkbox saying, oh, well, we've got a recognition program, we've got a continuous performance management, Mm -hmm. you know, it it takes energy, it takes human energy to Mm -hmm. invest in the human moments. And then when you do those human moments at scale, That's when the goodness flows, as we've seen people reporting back, I feel more valued. I'm much less likely to leave. I feel encouraged and strengthened and engaged. Because those human moments at mass, that's the goodness
1: that they create. Yeah, and I I hear you making uh, an implied reference to the appreciation for those, what in the the course of a busy life might be underappreciated. Uh, You know, whether whether it is the frontline worker, uh, the mailman, the teacher, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this almost deeper global appreciation for those people who oftentimes rather quietly uh, hold up society. I've certainly seen Mm -hmm. that with healthcare workers, you know, Mm -hmm. as well. And it it just, I'm reminded that, um, like, we obviously did not create this virus but we can absolutely own the response to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that response is uh, to, to hit the pause button and, and take the moment uh, to acknowledge all of the goodness that's around us, all the gratitude, but, but to direct it at times to those who are often not seen and, and maybe forgotten about, but who we're learning society cannot function without
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the newspaper certainly when you know, it, it's quite a reminder how our society continues to tick over. Very often the lowest paid, um, you know, that are still out in the streets doing food deliveries and, and obviously those in the, in the medical field. But I, I have a question that I often put to people at a, at a workshop. You know, think about yourself and think about how often do you need to be thanked in a year? What works for you to be thanked in a year? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I let people reflect upon it. You know, how does it make you feel when you are thanked? Mm-hmm. And you can be sure when I go and I ask people to put their hand up around the room that the percentage of people that say, I'm okay with being thanked once a year mm-hmm. is zero <laughs> or twice a year, also zero. You know, you have to get, to, I think, around about the five, six times a year is when some hands start to go up. Um, we We all... It's like our natural fuel to know that we've been seen and we're appreciated. And I think to bring it back to, you know, COVID-19, one of the things that's been really heartening here in Spain and now, of course, across many, many countries, is the huge round of applause from people's balconies um, in the evening time, every evening, you know, coming out, having a huge round of applause. Now we've added to that the fire engines do a loop around our neighborhood, ringing their bells at the same time and you can see it's not only helping those that it's directed at but all of the neighbors waving down to each other it's helping all of us because actually appreciation works just as much for the receiver as it does the giver it boosts our sense of of uh, human well-being
1: yeah something that we've known uh you know for uh, the last twenty years uh, at, yes. at work human, you know all of the feedback and uh, data points about the perpetual power mm-hmm. of, of of gratitude and as a result its enablement of community, which is what you 're just describing, yes uh, you know, as well um, I mean you have obviously uh, w- with us the major touch point with with our customers, what are some of the you know anecdote stories that you're hearing? Uh, from from our customers, and I'm referring specifically, you know, how the, the platform has been important in responding, yeah, uh, to COVID nineteen.
2: Yeah, so there's quite a few a few examples of these. Maybe I'll run. Tell me to stop if it's too many. <laughs> but, but I think one of the things that I've been uh, very encouraged by is clients that um, you know, there's a fundamental strategic issue of, of of employees wanting to know where's the company going. Um, what's where's my job safely uh, what 's happening next uh, and that and that 's a vital thing to respond to of course um, so I think everybody is going through a, a response to that um, Some are you know deciding things like well we 've got to change compensation strategy maybe we, we go short term working we pause maybe we don't do merit increases, but what i've been encouraged by is clients seeing that that's not the only response. I think that's a part of the response. And, and, and that part caters to that financial need, the logical need of, I need a job, I need the basics in life, I need to know what's happening. But then there's the emotional, psychological need of you know, giving me strength uh, in my workplace. Uh, helping me feel connected to my company helping me feel emotionally good and that's where the other part of the response is so important Um, as we're saying you know connectedness and what better way to get that connectedness to thanking talking celebrating and so we've you know that's the kind of the overarching response that we've seen Uh, of course there's some companies that are in industries that are complete whirlwinds at the moment and, and they're response is even more acute. Um, But thankfully, the majority are seeing that mix, the overall need for the mix. And we've seen situations like uh, a large engineering company uh, decide, well, look, we're not going to do merit increases this year. That will save the company a lot of money, save cash. But rather than just taking it all and saving it, we're actually going to put 40% more into the recognition activities that we can boost that possibility. Um, We've certainly seen a lot of companies give one-time quick uh, recognitions to frontline workers, people that are working extra hours, extra difficult circumstances. We wanna get a recognition out to you as soon as possible so that you know that we're here, we care. That's definitely happening in many, many places. Another interesting one is changes in sales incentives. You think about you've got a, a, a class A sales team. Suddenly, it's very hard for them maybe to reach quota. Uh, what are the goals going to be? But you want to keep that team motivated. You want to keep them feeling inspired and, and fired up. Uh, so seeing uh, as uh, uh, many people start to look at recognizing activity and behavior and living values and not just the mathematical formula of a sales incentive. Because the mathematical formulas are going to be all over the place for a while. But we can do other really important things, recognizing behaviors uh, and, and activity. Then, and aside from that, as we've been mentioning, um, uh, uh, clients that have already uh, making use of conversations and life events, what's been really encouraging there is we've seen an enormous climb in the amount of managers that are logging check-ins, face-to-face check-ins, more frequent touch, uh, touch points, we've also seen a massive increase in people catching the life events that are happening. Because now, more than ever, it's important to put, you know, the family uh, first and and let's celebrate, you know, what's going on. So, utilizing life events. Uh, so, I said, I said it was a long list. Uh, so, that's... No, <laughs> very,
1: very examples uh be- because summarily there there is this greater alignment that's happening you know between uh work and life that is in reality forced for the most part now you know so as you and I are talking, I can hear the joyful noise of your children in the background
3: oh, you, and, can't, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know I'd argue in January that would have been um it, it would have uh, something that I think for a lot of employers are yes. sort of, wait a minute is that okay I know. Uh, and and now not only, it's, it should be actually an expectation. So I, I was just on before you and I started chatting. I, I was on a similar call and I could hear um, uh, somebody, you know, team of 35 people. And I could hear uh, voices mm. of children in the background. So I said to the team, I said, well, whose child is that? And come put them on your lap so we can all mm-hmm. meet. Mm. You know, and, yes, and, great. For years for HR, we've been talking about having a deeper understanding of work, life, and, and appreciation, yeah. well, now's the opportunity. You know, I think, I, think, I think this is huge.
2: There's a kind of a, you know, a casualization that is now allowed and it's okay.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. There, there's more of a humanity. And I think even, you know, as companies look at the ROI of their response right now, you know, it's not about, yes, the traditional tools will need to be tweaked. You know, the comp, the benefits, they'll need to be tweaked. We know that. But the response needs to be that very human response because it, it it's happening. We're on the Skype calls, we're all feeling the same feeling. Um, so I genuinely think, you know, uh, the products we're offering are that great opportunity to seize the humanity, seize the relationship building because uh, it's not going to be fixed just with dollars and euros and tweaks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the people need a great deal more emotional strength, a great deal more human energy at their back. And it's not their own human energy. They need to feel the team is around them, wrapping them in strength to move forward. Um, and that's pivotal. Now that we've seen it, now that I think we'll never be able to unsee it as a world. Yeah,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah you're, you're, you're exactly right. I am thinking about the number... Of conversations that I've had with healthcare workers, specifically, you know, some of them in the context of the work that we do at Work Human, as part of this series, um, and some of them with my friends uh, who are uh, in critical care, nurses or doctors, and the number of stories uh, that they've told me. One in particular uh, in, in Chicago, uh, Dr. Courtney Hollowell uh, works um, downtown Chicago, and he was telling me. Uh, that as the severity of this became apparent and how they are all leaning in and responding, uh, and he said that it became clear to him uh, that the longer his team was uh, on the front lines, the greater the risk of exposure to them was. So he so Derek gathered them all around and he said, If any of you here uh, want to go home to your families, I completely understand. No judgment, no. Um, and he said for the first time in his medical career, uh, he choked up, uh, because all of them to a person said, uh, that they were not going to go home, that they were going to stay with their teams and, and, and in essence, you know, help people. Mm. And I, in many ways, that is exactly what you're describing here is that the reason that those folks are staying, um, is not because of what they're paid. Yes, the exactly. way. Yep. They're making this implicit argument that their reward is indeed recognition that they are returning as best they can that patient mm-hmm. home to their families. Yes, uh, they can feel like that's their reward, and our reward to them should simply be thank you, and yes. we appreciate you, that we yes. can all, we can all do that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it's opening up the voices of your colleagues to be able to hear the voices of your colleagues often is encouragement in itself. And and that's, you know, what, what uh, we're about.
1: Yeah, that we are. I want to ask you about a, um, you know, a, a favorite life of uh, award, life event, specifically award that, that you, that you've given or, or that you received. Are there any that, uh, that, that come to mind?
2: Sure. So, well, I think um, you know certainly the, the, the awards that I would have received, congratulating the birth of uh, our double twins, um, and the various advice that you received was always fun to read. Um, I wish I had kind of, I wish I had a quick index to the advice of you know when you hear somebody screaming in the background who's obviously fallen over in the garden, <laughs> what to do? Because it was there in the advice somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, so you know that was definitely a big one. Plus, uh, you know, in many years with Work Human now. I think my years of service anniversaries have always been uh, great. They're like a, they're like a quilt of the different things that you worked on, the different projects. Um, you know, uh, and you get reminded of the stories, the different folks you worked
1: on the different themes. Uh, those are those are always uh, great. Yeah. Well, you you've been in this world of employee recognition you know, for, for quite some time. Uh, so last question uh, for, uh, for you is, what's your reason uh, for hope?
2: Yeah, well, uh, certainly I'm very grateful that uh, the kids are well, my uh, immediate family as well. And um, I think, you know, the hope I see in this is that uh, we have an opportunity to put the world as a world back together in a new and in a better way. Uh, as we said earlier, now that we've seen some other side, we can't unsee it, uh, so my hope is that we we don't lose the opportunity to rebuild our economies, rebuild our, the way our companies work uh, in a better way in a better way than they were before
1: yeah, yeah every 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 generation um, you know gets asked a question uh, mm. about how they will improve the world. And this, this is the question being asked of us now. Others had to respond, you know, to depressions and world wars mm-hmm. and famines and possibility of nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the question that's going to be, be asked of us and future generations, uh, including those delightful voices um, in, in your background,
3: are um, mm-hmm.
1: going to be judging us, uh, you know, by mm-hmm. how we respond will we retreat into uh, in into isolation or will we uh, develop a deeper appreciation you know for, yes. for, for one another uh, and move forward accordingly so well there as as always I, I think everybody here got a, an opportunity to to uh, Kind of listen in on conversations that you and I have actually all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, very, very much in that spirit. So I, w- I was really looking forward to conversations with you. I've always, if I've not told you that before, you know, I've, I've always found them to be enlightening and, and uplifting. Uh, and this is no different. So I, I appreciate you again. And likewise, Steve, likewise. I, I, I always
2: enjoy my conversations with you too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: In the midst of that conversation, I was reminded again that in a time of uncertainty and fear for many, whether it's for ourselves, our families, and even our livelihoods, it's more important than ever that business leaders are creating and maintaining the human connections with their entire workforce. So if you're interested in trying life events or conversations, I invite you to visit workhuman.com to learn more. As always, stay healthy. Stay well, and I'll see you tomorrow.